Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trana. Thank you for listening. We have a big football show this week. We got Chris Long from the Greenlight Podcast, former Super Bowl champion, played for the Rams, Eagles, and um, Patriots, and is a regular here. Talks NFL playoffs and some other things. And train of thoughts with Sal Licata. That's where I get into a lot of what's going on with the NFL announcers during Wild Card Weekend, where there was a lot of criticism for some crews. Other crews deserve praise. So get into all the uh, media, broadcasting, NFL stuff with uh, with Sal Lakata in the Train of Thoughts segment. Before we get to the episode, just a reminder, Troy Aikman was on the SI Media podcast last week. Jim Miller, two weeks ago. Peter Schrager, Andrew Perloff, three weeks ago in a year-end roundtable. And uh, Brian Curtis from The Ringer was on last month to do a year in review of sports media. So if you missed any of those, go into the archives, check them out, subscribe to the SI Media podcast, leave a review on apple i'll read it uh, with sal in an upcoming episode all right chris long followed by sal Licata, big nfl show this week right now on the si media podcast all right joining me now one of my favorites always fun to chat with him how to get him off to get him on i give i just said how to get you off that was <laughs> wow what a way to start i'm not sure anymore jimmy i'm so sorry about that i i should have told you that first um <laughs> you're such a gentleman yeah i mean really uh how to get him on during the nfl playoffs <laughs> from the green light podcast super bowl champion chris long what an intro that is an intro I wow. mean, uh, you really blew your load early with that one. Yeah, you, yeah exactly. Good job. Um, you enjoying the play? We had a great, I great first weekend for the playoffs. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I thought, you know, 
Miami creating turnovers, like so much hinged on that game not being a blowout because we really had two blowouts, like one and a half blowouts. We had Seattle getting blown out in the second half, which kind of went according to plan. And then, you know, like Monday night, I don't think any of us saw that for sure coming, but not shocked that the Bucks, even though I took the Bucks, turned into the Bucks again. I mean, that's who they are. Um, yeah, but Miami forcing turnovers really made that game interesting. And then you had damn near another blowout, but a big comeback. So the NFL kind of got lucky in a lot of ways. I, I think I'm responsible for the charge uh, for the Dolphins keeping it close because when it was 14 nothing Buffalo, yeah, I texted a buddy of mine. Well, we, I was going back and forth. I think with one of my friends, and I said one more touchdown, 21 nothing, and then I'm going to go out till 4:30 and you know do some errands and take care of some shit. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, that you, was it. I thought I happened, had the fourth quarter too to like gather my stuff because we had to go and do a live stream. I thought, all right, this game's going to be out of hand. I yeah. can go handle some business. I was in the same boat. Yeah. Two takeaways from that. Is it, I feel like Buffalo's not playing great. What's your take on Buffalo? Now, listen, they went through the DeMar Hamlin stuff and I had heard, and you as a former player, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I had heard from a couple of, you know, media people that like that week and the week after the players were exhausted because a lot of them didn't sleep for a couple of nights, stuff like that. I don't know if that's still a lingering fact, but there's something. Am I crazy to say there's something off with the Bills? Well, I think the Bills have gone under the radar as just not being as good as they were last year. I mean, in some ways, um, I think as good as Josh is, Josh has to do a lot for that offense. And, you know, his picks weren't bad Saturday, really, per se. Like the John Brown one, I don't think they were on the same page. I don't think that's all on him. Um, The Cole Beasley pick where he forced into a tight window wasn't an Aaron throw. It wasn't a terrible decision. The sealer touchdowns, the one you got to take care of the ball on. But, you know, that's that's kind of their Achilles heel is like you went through this stretch late in the season that kind of started in the Green Bay game with Josh where he was throwing balls that you were just like, you're not thinking that through. Um, and, you know, the defense is, is solid, but since losing Von Miller, you don't have the pass rush that you had. I mean, you're going to play Cincy this weekend. And uh, they get a backup tackle at both spots in Carmen and then 77 over on the right side. Like, I think I think Rousseau's matchup on the right tackle is the big one. I actually think the le- the backup left tackle in Cincy did a nice job spelling Jonah Williams other than the one sack he gave up. But the bottom line is, like, here's a uh, you know perfect opportunity to take care of a wounded uh, Cincy team and, and do it in a way that you play to your strengths and you don't have Von Miller. Um, they've also had some issues at corner. I do think they were exhausted. You know, I I do. Talking to Mitch Morse on my podcast this week, he talked about, you know, obviously the Bills Center. He talked about um, after that Patriots game, it was like everybody just could finally go to sleep, it felt like. You know, it was just like, we can go home and rest. Um, Because I think it was a long week. It was a long week for me as a former player to watch. I know everybody kind of internalized it. Because I think for the first time, players and fans were on the same page where there was no blueprint for this. Usually if we see somebody go down and get carted off, there's there's like, we've seen this before, we're desensitized to it. Um, whereas this was like totally unprecedented, CPR on the field. So um, there were nights where I was waking up in the middle of the night and checking my phone. I can only imagine being one of his close friends. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That To me, that you summed it up perfectly with that week was like, I mean, I have zero connection to the Buffalo Bills, obviously. I mean, I, I probably had never heard of, right. I wasn't familiar with Tamar Hamlin before that whole thing. And like that whole week, you were just waiting for news. It was like every, all you wanted was some news. And 
Um, and, and I know you probably went through this. You know, I do a pod. You do a pod. You don't. You don't want to do anything insensitive. You want to be on top of what's going on. And, and yeah. And so if if that's what we're going through, I can't imagine. Yes. What the Bills players are going through. No it's question. Just incomprehensible. No yeah. question. So I do think. You know, before the injuries to Cincinnati, I thought they were the best team in the AFC. Now it's going to be interesting to see how they use quick game, uh, how they can protect these guys, chip out a little better. Um, you know, having P. Ryan back there, he's a good protector. We've talked about that at times on our show. Is like, you know, Mixon's great, but P. Ryan gives you something that he doesn't in pass pro. And, um, you know, I think I, I think the Bengals actually hang in there this weekend. I, I know the, the line's like kind of big. Five. And uh, it's five, and a lot of people are betting the Bills. But I do feel like because of the Bills' lack of pass rush, um, I'm not saying they're bad up front, but uh, maybe they can find a way to survive. When you lose a tackle in the middle of the game, even as bad as Jonah Williams played this year, um, there's it's kind of an emergency. You know, you're, you're, you're adjusting on the fly, and they've had to do that a couple of times this year. And I think having a full week to go into this game that they felt good about, they were driving up 7-3, when the game got suspended, uh, it's a good matchup for them uh, if, if these guys weren't hurt. So they can hang in there. Now, tell me, take me through the mind of a, of a Bengals player here. I know if I was a Bengals player, I mean, I'm not even a Bengals fan, and I think it's horseshit that yeah. the game is being played in Buffalo. Yeah. How pissed are those players, and do you think that's a factor at all? Well, you know, I, I don't think it's a factor at this point. I think maybe there's the initial, like, damn. But you can't let, you know... Um, your interpretation of how fair it is seep into how you prepare or the attitude you have going on the road. You have to have a, a you know, an us against the world kind of attitude. I also think because of the circumstance, everybody's pretty compassionate to the process relative to what they'd be if it was something else like a weather cancellation or something. You know, when we had those snowstorms, there was talk of canceling a game and, you know, stuff like that would really irk you. Um, but I think considering the situation and, albeit this was Mitch Morse this week again, but he was like, listen, when it comes down to the neutral site thing, he said, um, when, when DeMar got hurt and we all collectively decide that this was bigger than football, we had to mean it, you know, and whatever happens as a result from a scheduling standpoint happens. And, I, uh, you know, the Bengals have, have got to feel like maybe they could be in a better situation, but I don't think they're it's, it's in their, their heads all week. I just don't understand if the AFC title game is going to be played in a neutral site, which I think is absurd on many levels and takes away a lot of the excitement from the game. Then I don't understand why this game can't be played at a neutral site. I understand the Bills have a, had a one game. Their record was better by a game, but the game they were playing with the Bengals never got played. So why not play this at a neutral field? I guess. Well, I mean, I'm not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean. Just I, I I hate the idea. I understand how it came about, uh, but as a viewer, it sucks to watch a neutral site game 100%. In, the, in, the, in, the, in the playoffs. And part of that is, you know, like I love outdoor football. Yeah, of course. One of these and old school guys <laughs> who likes cold weather and likes to see players, you know, the, the you know, people's breaths coming out of their helmets. Uh, Not No vape smoke like McDaniel. Uh, allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Um, we'll get into that. Yeah, but but I I love the that atmosphere that it brings in having the home crowd and everything. And these fans will travel great, but it's just not the same. And so I'm not, not gonna I'm not gonna complain about there not being two. Uh, just I mean, selfishly, 
I agree. I and I'm with you. The AFC, you have it's going to be Kansas. If things go how people think, it's going to be Kansas City, Buffalo, or Cincinnati in those in that AFC title game. All outdoor, cold weather places, and they're playing it in Atlanta in a dome. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Now, if Cincy beats, um, if Cincy beats um, Buffalo, Buffalo, you're going to get it in Kansas City. Yeah. So yeah. that so that's the saving grace here. So people yeah. that like outdoor football, you can root for the Bengals, but. But, um, and they're not afraid of the, the Chiefs. I mean, now things are a little bit different now with their injuries. But, you know, last year with a bad offensive line, they went in there, went down 21-3 and came back and won. They beat them this year. They, they've kind of had their number. Can, can you publicly, not you, but I mean the general you, can you can you say you're rooting for the Bengals or are you just like a total fucking monster if you're not rooting for the Bills right now? No, I, I think I, I think you can you can get back to it because – you know, both teams went through a lot. I mean, you know, I, I think it was just traumatic to be on the field there. So uh, both teams have been through a lot. The Bills have obviously been through more this year with the, the bumps in the road and DeMar being a teammate. But I also think it's just if you like the Bengals, ride with the Bengals. Like, I, I got to – I might bet the Bengals this weekend. I'm, I just feel you like know, you're like the total wrestling heel if you say you're rooting for the Bengals over the Bills. Man, days. it's tough. You know, y- yeah, because as much as – I like Joe Burrow and I like the Bengals. I've just kind of admired their team. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm a big fan of Josh Allen's and I'd love to see him uh get a chance to play on the biggest stage. And obviously I'm rooting for the Eagles uh right. to get there and to win it. But, you know, if if they don't or uh, you know, even if they do, it'd just be nice to see Bills fans in the Super Bowl again. But obviously then rooting against the Bills in the Super Bowl, although I'd have a very good reason feels like uh that's where it feels kind of like sociopathic the root for somebody <laughs> else because they, they've been through so much right uh, as never a franchise and then this year yeah um it, and i've felt this all season long from week one to now we've we're, we're doing it as well i mean nobody talks about the chiefs yeah chiefs just it's like they don't even exist sometimes it's kind of wild yeah because I yeah. actually think the Chiefs are better than Buffalo and Cincinnati. I think they, I I think Cincinnati's better, but I don't know now again with with the front stuff. But I I think part of it is what they do offensively is different. You know, it's a little bit different than they used. They used to be able to just. I mean, it was like, it was like watching the Warriors, you know, playing basketball. And mm-hmm. now it's more of uh, you know, kind of moving the ball down the field responsibly and taking the check down sometimes in the power running game. And um, I also think they play in a lot of four. I felt like they played in a lot of 4 p.m. slots. You know, the AFC West was down, you know, um, for much of the year, especially the yeah. Chargers weren't even in the conversation. People are like, here we go again with them. Uh, I, I also think there's fatigue, not fatigue 100- with the Chiefs necessarily, but there's there's just you take it for granted. It's the novelty, mm-hmm. uh, and Patrick Mahomes hasn't gone anywhere. And in fact, he's in some ways he's gotten better. And so I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to to have everybody held captive, watching the Chiefs in the playoffs because of what you mentioned. I do think like they've flown under the radar as much as the team that's got home field could. Yeah, and I mean, for them to do what they've done offensively with you know after losing Tyreek Hill, just the way they plug in other players. Jerk McKinnon's become such a weapon for them. Um, but I, I think I think you said it. 
I think there's fatigue, and I also think there is there's fatigue, and I and people are tired of every AFC title games in Kansas City. It won't be this year if they play the Bills, but that's because of the circumstances. Yes. But um, you know, people want to see something new. I think they but do, I, I, and and if, if, if Chiefs have only won one of these bad boys, so right, you know, it, it'd still be cool to see them double up and all that. I still think they're the most fun team to watch. Who do you think is the most fun team? You sound like Ooh, a Bengals guy. Most fun team to watch. Yeah. I really like watching the Bengals because the, their back end, I mean, I say this all the time, their back end plays, like they're all physical, they're ball aware. You talk about like yeah. they took the ball off of Huntley on the goal line. It was it was the linebacker or it's somebody stripping Derek Wilson at the one yard or Derek Henry at the one yard line. Um, and, 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 you know, he goes in the end zone, but it's like, they're always on the ball. It was in the new England game. They took the ball away inside the five. I like the two edge rushers. I like reader. I can't help it. I just love watching Joe throw a back shoulder, uh, to Higgins. I love watching Jamar chase work after the catch. Um, they're just a fun team. Yeah. The most fun team to watch in the NFC is probably the, the Niners. Um, and I think Brock Purdy adds an element to that that Jimmy didn't even add. I mean, like, um, I'm not one of these people that's going to get carried away and put this guy in the Hall of Fame. I think he's he, he's a good player. I don't think he's just a backup. I don't think he's just a swing. You know, I don't think he, he's just this is going to be the last we hear from him. Um, now, this offense is awesome, but sometimes what he does going outside the confines of it, mixing it up, using his legs, getting outside the pocket, creative throws man um i actually think he he adds something that uh makes him even more fun to watch yeah and i you know they've got i, I talked about this with troy aikman last week on the pod the, i thought the mccaffrey trade sort of like wasn't there should have been more made of how big of a well, deal people that didn't was. take it people didn't people didn't believe in the niners at that point right so people were kind of like for what and you know they were my Super Bowl. They were my NFC Super Bowl pick in preseason. Um, I've I've kind of hung with them all year, and just watching them kind of make that trade, get Debo back for the playoffs. Like um, you know, there were some Kittle injuries early. They haven't been yeah. all on this on the field at the same time. I think Trent Williams was hurt. Um, so like all this stuff, and they just hung in there, and now it's the playoffs, and everybody's healthy. Debo looks as good as new. Um, he, he has like a, a bunch of explosive plays last week, Christian McCaffrey, some people said you overspent for him. How's he going to, he, how's he going to hold it up there? I mean, they, they, they gave him the ball week 18 when I thought they should have rested him, but he just hasn't showed any sign of yeah. slowing down. And, um, you know, they're just, they're just really fun. One, one thing to go back to the Bengals for a second that I do like about them going into the, into the postseason. I'm a big believer in this. You're an old school Knicks fan. I don't know if you remember this, but I mean, this is old, old school Knicks fan when Pat Riley was the coach. I've, I've said this so many times in the pod. Pat Riley had a theory. He wrote a book about it called The Innocent Climb, meaning when you're a new up and coming team and you're good, you need to lose in the championship game before you almost win it. It, it was. And if you look across sports, it always bears out like the, the you know, so the Bengals Losing that Super Bowl last year, I actually think helps, you know, will help them immensely this year because I do think of, I, I do think that makes you hungrier. I think it, you learn stuff, how to handle things. So if they ever got to the Super Bowl, I think um, losing it last year benefits them. Yeah. I mean, they got over the hump of the, you know, the slump after. I mean, that was right. the beginning of the season. I mean, when, so, um, 
I, I agree with you. I think once you kind of get over the initial, like, damn, this is hard to play this long and lose this game and have to go right back to work and, um, and, and, and to see people leave and people in the beginning of the season get complacent, maybe overconfident, um, and overcome that, I think, where they are now, yeah, that can help. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, we've done like serious football analysis here. Let's let's get to some fun, loose stuff here. First things first, you're a fellow degenerate like me. What are the wagers this weekend? What are we looking at? Gosh, I'm looking hard at uh, the over in Dallas, uh, Dallas, San Francisco. 46. 46. Uh, I just feel like... I feel like there there's enough little issues in the secondary uh, for the uh the Niners that we could see some points uh I think that San Francisco can run the ball on Dallas um I think they can do enough with eye candy to slow rushers down um yeah I like the over there I like San Francisco I'm gonna end up betting San Francisco I'm gonna sit here looking at it all week and then on Sunday at about you know um hopefully I'm not chasing at 8 p.m I'm gonna put in a big bet on on the Niners so in that game I like the over and I like the Niners I'm I'm terrified of Jacksonville because my heart's in it too much. Um, they covered the first game they played, but they scored 17 points, right? You know, I, I yeah. think they're going to have to score to keep up. And it's not like the last couple weeks until, you know, L.A. was in off coverage and really just pissed it away in the second half that they've been able to get going. So it, it kind of worries me a little bit there, thinking about betting Jacksonville. I know my heart, heart's going to skew it. Um, I don't know if I like the – I might stay away. Eagles Giants, I could see the Giants keeping this thing close. You know, I'm, I, I think the Eagles win this game, and I know I said that the first time they played and they got blown out. The Giants, 
Um, but seven and a half points is a lot of points. Um, you know, I do think there's enough issues in the secondary in the middle of the field. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of changing parts for, for Philly. Uh, the run game is a concern with Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. And then, like, Dexter Lawrence just played as good a game as I've seen an interior lineman play in the playoffs in recent memory where he was just dominant closing that game out. Him and Leonard Williams, so you got to have a plan for those two guys. That's going to be a tough ball game. And then Sunday, uh, which one am I forgetting uh, before the uh, – Well, Cincinnati-Buffalo, you already Cincinnati, said. Cincinnati-Buffalo. Yeah. I, I, I might like the Bengals there. I really yeah. might. Um, the big key for them is they're going to have to run the ball. You know, they're going to have to run the ball. Um, and I and and I don't know. I don't know what the box counts are going to look like. I, I, I don't – so we'll see. It's kind of scary. We're on the same exact page because I love the three underdogs and the Niners. Yeah. So I just well, like the, the points in all those games. I feel like I'm points. when I when I looked at uh, the uh, Action Network app last night, I was like, okay, I'm I'm with the public on almost everything. Yeah. This and it was an it was an underdog and under year. So yes. Um, yes. Uh, you mentioned Dexter Lawrence. There were two videos that came out this week from NFL Films. One was Dexter Lawrence. Did you see it where he's trash talking during the Vikings game and says yeah, something? He said uh, he's he uh, he attributed his strong play to Pilates. Pilates, and then yeah. uh, also told the Vikings that he they were hugging him more than his girlfriend. It was yeah. a phenomenal video. Yeah, that's good. I mean, he's got good. a good personality. He seems fun, and he's just dominant, man. Like, and and he's just come on so much. And how about the Giants? All their draft picks are all of a sudden looking really good. Yeah. I mean, you know, Neil, the jury's still out on him, but you know, Andrew Thomas, uh, Daniel Jones are going to extend him. Saquon, um, you know, we just mentioned uh, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence. Lawrence. There's just a bunch of guys that are really coming into their own there. When when there when you have eleven on eleven going on during a game, twenty two yeah. people on the field. How many of the twenty two players are trash talking on average? All the DBs and the wide receivers. So everybody's a nickel now. Everybody's in. So there's a bunch of those guys out there. They're all talking trash. There's always one big trash talker on the D line and one big trash talker on the O line. The quarterback's not really talking trash. Uh, running backs and linebackers talk a little bit of trash. So I'd put that in the 8, uh, 9, 10, 10 to 12 range at any given time, okay. you know, play to play. Yeah. I, and I, Lawrence was strong. Like Lawrence gets an A for his effort, right? After you saw that. Video. Yeah, yeah. He's likable. Yeah. He didn't say anything right. over the line. He's just kicking the guy's ass. What's so, besides something about like someone's mother or family, what would be over the line? Oh, or is, that, or is that the only I think thing that's, that's kind of it? And I think right. anything that 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 might get you in trouble online, you might not say it to the other right. person. Right. Now uh, the other video phones everywhere. Yeah. The other video that came out, speaking of the microphones, was Sam Hubbard after his ninety-eight yard touchdown. Now you were a defensive end. Mm -hmm. What's like? Did you did you ever have a fumble recovery where you had a run? Yeah, after like the, fifty yards. But so you had a fifty-yard run. Yeah, but but there was there was nobody ahead of me. I was a lot like Sam Hubbard, um, and it just fell in my lap a lot like Sam Hubbard. And Ra were you with the Rams, Eagles, Patriots? I was. It was with the Rams. Robert Quinn sacked Andrew Luck, and I picked the ball up and ran fifty yards for a touchdown. Okay. Now it didn't feel like fifty yards. I mean, it what just, did it feel like? It felt quicker. It, it it honestly is not as hard as you think not to trip and fall, and I that was in my head the whole time. I was like, just do not fall down 
you know, because I'm liable to do something like that. So were you, well, that, I mean, the Daniel Jones play against the Eagles on Monday night a few years ago yeah, is, the, he is the ultimate fall down. Were you gassed after 50 yards? You're always gassed. I mean, I was gassed, but the adrenaline's high. And then, you know, like you're gassed if another player makes an, you know, an interception, you're running like a pinball trying to block people uh, and then go celebrate with them. And then you forget that you got to go right back on the field. So you know that's the, the hardest part. You know who the worst people in the world are? Like right up there with terrorists. The people who wanted a block in the back on Mark Andrews. That was was close. What about, how'd you feel about when the Jets got blocked in the back by the Patriots in New England late this year? But that's different. This he he was going to score no matter what Mark Andrews, no matter what they did to Mark Andrews. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Here's what I want to ask you too. But did, did you okay? So did you see the NFL Films video of Hubbard where after the touchdown he's screaming on the sidelines, "No one can catch me. They can't catch me." He's oh, all pumped so up, right? And then one second later he's on the sidelines going. I just kept thinking I was going to get caught. Yeah. I just kept thinking I was going to like he did the flip yep. so great. Yep, he was in the mind of a player who just made a play, and then he was back to being Sam Hubbard. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was great. And then, did you see the thing with uh, Marlon Humphrey's sister? No. Oh, this was great. So, Mar- during the Ravens Bengals game, Marlon Humphrey's sister sent a tweet about how hot she thought Sam Hubbard was, and Marlon Humphrey's like, "Even my own family's turned it on me." That it was is great. ridiculous. It was really good. You can't do that. Not during yeah, the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, come on. Um, all right. A couple of the lighthearted things here before I let you go. Yeah. Okay. Mike McDaniel is not vaping on the sideline during an NFL oh my playoff God. game you, in front of 30 million people. I agree. Holy shit. Thank you. Somebody, I feel like I just found somebody. I'm watching The Last of Us right now, which is terrific. Yeah. I feel like I just found somebody who's not infected. You know? I mean, what? Like, first of all, People are saying he was vaping with absolutely no 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 actual evidence. There's right. no smoke. People are saying that oh, I can see it's flat. It's like a it's a oh, so it's flat. You could it's see like a, shit. He had no, a big no, leather can OJ Simpson some, murdering leather glove in his on. Hand. There's something in his hand. Somebody showed me that they circled it, but they go right past Sharpie Ultra Fine, right? You know, to it's got to be a marijuana pen. Okay, and right. to that I ask. Um, you really think he's he's smoking reefer on the sidelines? Like, I mean, like yeah. like it's Madden. Yeah, you think he's <laughs> dumb enough to do it? Like, there's edibles. Right. There's right. you know, like hey, there's Zen. If you're into the jewels, you can just pop a Zen in. You haven't seen this guy vape all season long. You're gonna tell me he's gone unscathed all season long, and they catch him in the playoffs. First of all, okay, if it's a Sunday one o'clock game against the Texans, maybe he can try to get away with that. Like standalone game with 30 million Playoffs, people watching yeah. Roger Goodell watching. He's not taking that chance. And the other thing is too, how about vape while the defense is out there or vape at halftime? Like, or, or no, just not, like walk over to where the ball boys are, reach down, like you gotta get something and then blow it I down. You always blow it down. I would make this. This is how far I would go with it. I don't think there's ever been a vape pen on an NFL sideline with from a player or coach. I think there's maybe probably the, been maybe a vape the ball pen boy on, the NFL, on an NFL sideline with a player. I, I don't coach. know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just saying preseason is crazy. Oh, preseason. Yeah. <laughs> preseason I, is <laughs> I don't know. I'm not in, insinuating that I know, but if I had to bet, I'd say there has been one. I'm just saying if I'm saying it's not coming from a player or a coach. I'm saying I'm saying you never know. But what That's, I am but I'm saying on the sideline, 
right maybe somebody forgot it was in their pants you know that right, sort right. of thing. Okay. okay but i but uh, no you know, you, listen and also don't don't people on the side don't guys on the sidelines hold like handheld like heaters like things that like they hold heaters i think he had a sharpie ultra fine uh marker and right. i think that's why in the picture you think this black thing's kind of flat and it's not like perfectly cylindrical it's because right. a sharpie ultra fine has a, a tab on the side of it and if it's turned the right way it looks like it's a flat black instrument that you might right. smoke nicotine or harmful like drugs out of that would probably be like i would say that's like a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar fine by goodell at least yeah that's what, that's least. why it doesn't make sense yeah. last thing i know you got to go mm. trevor lawrence beats the chargers he goes to waffle house I love it where would you go after a, a playoff victory uh in what city like when i was Any, in st louis give me philly oh philly philly by the time i was in philly i'd probably go home but i used to go to uh buffalo billiards uh it's oh. a there's like a little pool hall so i'd probably go to buffalo billiards i was in st louis we'd probably go over the river to the east side i was young the strip clubs were open till after uh two in the morning so after pepper lounge closed we'd go over there so i'd say i'd in probably end up uh over over in uh in uh illinois so are you saying because i when I saw the Lawrence thing, I was obviously, it's, you know, it's great that he's going to Waffle House. But in my head, I'm thinking, I think if now this is because I'm old, if I was a player, like I'd want to go home. Yeah, for does, sure. I mean, that's so why does, I said when I, when I had kids, it was, yeah, it was. I was going to say, is age the factor there? Like if you're, age. you know, 27 and under, you're going to go out after game 27 yep. and over. Yep. 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 Just the, just the getting drunk, like the putting alcohol in your body in that state can wreck your body for the next two to three to four days. I mean, it can linger in the next week if you're right. too old. So I used to stop. I did not party after games. So early in the career and then. But he's not a drinker. Older. He's just he's just right. sober walking around the Waffle House. Yeah. So actually, I don't well, think said, there's any issue at all. He did say that they they called and like rented it out ahead of time. So, this, oh, you know, initially okay. people that he just walked in as a yeah, random. See, I'm just that, walking in. I, I'm not renting the Waffle right. House. We have slightly different profiles, but, you know. You're not a first round quarterback. Yeah, with you know, long As soon as you're a quarterback, the rule, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, last thing before you go, Brady Rogers, what are they going to do? Brady's leaving. Uh, Vegas seems like the safest bet because it's hard to expect – certain teams to accommodate a guy who can't leave the pocket. I'm not knocking him uh, and needs a strong run game and an offensive line. And uh, then I think Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. This is just pure speculation. I, I, I think he's probably done this time. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the jets, they just hired, uh, they're, they're talking, did they hire Nathaniel Hackett or they're just talking about, they, they interview interviewing him. Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I would the, say this. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers on the jets for one reason, one reason only. Aaron Rodgers versus the animals here in the New York media. Oh, it would it would be really bad. Be he, he, I mean, he would be an idiot to come here because he yeah. would get yeah. he wouldn't last here with that with that shaman yeah. guru uh -huh. They'd be esoteric be bullshit. Yeah, that would ass. be out. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't want to see Tom Brady play for the Las Vegas Raiders. Go. I, you I might just, have to. Is it don't any sully your reputation. He just played for the Bucks. Yeah, but he won a Super Bowl with that. I know, I know. Well, that offsets everything. Yeah, it does. Right. He's going to go be in a division with the Chiefs. It's not going to be good for him. No, Josh, it's not. No, it's yeah. not. But the alternatives are not great either. 
Well, go to Fox and get $375 million. That's a hell of an alternative. But it's not the, f the football. He loves the well, football. I, well, he's 45. He's played enough. You're right. All right. Thank you, Chris. All, All right. right, Jimmy. All right. Thanks. Uh, I hope I got you off. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you sure <laughs> did. You sure <laughs> did. <laughs> I'm going to go now. <laughs> Enjoy the playoffs. All right. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate Later, it. Later, dude. Take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, joining me now, as he does every week for our Train of Thought segment from WFAN Radio in New York, SNY TV in New York, Sal Lakata. Sal, how are you doing today? Pretty good. You feeling better or what? What's your status? Much at? better. I'm much better. It's sound it, better. look it. Good to have you back. Back to 100%, I think. So we'll All see right. what happens. Yeah, it was very bizarre. Um, how... Let's start with this. How did the wagers do this weekend? Um, not bad. Here's what screwed me. The Bills not covering a four-point tease. But you, or my, the Bills not covering four, four points as right. the third leg. I had the Niners, Jaguars, Bills in a tease. So that set me back <laughs> a little bit. Then I, then I lost with the Vikings, Cowboys parlay. So the Bills set up a bad Sunday, but then I got it back Monday at least with the Cowboys. Got it. Got it. The big the big theme from the weekend, I'm curious for your thoughts because um, I don't know how closely you were wrapped up in it, but the announcers were a big, big theme, given this is the SI Media podcast. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Al Michaels and Tony Dungy got destroyed for the Jaguars-Chargers game. Um and Romo took a beating. You have any thoughts on those two things? 
I now I followed along with you, right? So I'll see your tweets, and I know you're the expert on this. Matter of fact, I saw your tweet. So I Saturday night I watched the game on an iPad. Jaguars, uh, Chargers was on the iPad. Why? So I and I had it why? on mute. Well, why do you think? Why do you think? Because I'm married with a kid. That is why. I mean, okay. there is no other way around it. Saturday night. Now this Saturday is going to be different with the Giants. Last Saturday, Jaguars, Chargers, knowing what was coming Sunday, that was an iPad mute situation. So I did not get a feel for Al, but I was surprised to see your take because I know you love Al. And I just assumed by following along, it was because it was a crappy game, right? But then when they start coming back, I was assuming he was going to be excited. Then I learned that he was not. I watched the whole Romo game. I I didn't have any issue with Romo. What's what's the problem with him? He's he's being Tony Romo. What's the issue? Is he frozen for you, Shelby? Oh, now you're on. All right, now you're unfrozen. You were frozen for a minute. Oh, okay. All right. It might be me because now I'm getting your internet connection is unstable, which I don't know why. But all right, I'll pick it up here. Okay. All right, I'll just pick it up here. Um, All right. So you, so you didn't really listen to the broadcast, like you said in the beginning. A lot of people were giving Al a pass because the game was terrible. It was twenty-seven nothing. Dungy, I think, got more criticism than Al. Here, so this is so. I just want to give a couple of thoughts on this. I think what hurts is Dungy had never done a game with Al before, and now they're doing a playoff game. Right. He did the games all year with Herb Street. I don't know why Herb Street didn't call that game. Now, th- there's, there's, I know this. Here, so Herb Street is not an employee of NBC. It was an NBC right. broadcast. He works for Amazon and ESPN. Now, I don't know if if NBC made an ask for Herb Street. I was told NBC said that early in the season they made the decision to make it an NBC broadcast and use Dungy. Did they do that after they had asked ESPN and ESPN said no? I don't know. Why would why ESPN would say no and prevent Herb Street from doing the game? I don't understand. There's no competition. The ESPN had the game on Monday night. This was on Saturday night. Um I think it's bizarre that Herb Street does the game the whole season on Amazon, and then he's not there for the playoffs. Now, NBC said they wanted to make it an all-NBC broadcast, but Kaylee Hartung was on the sidelines, who's not an NBC employee. So I think I don't think Al was probably... I think Al was fine with Dungy, but I think Al probably wanted to have his regular partner there. I don't think Al likes to just have people coming in for one game. He, he also probably felt, <laughs> A, I don't know, I want to annoyed with the whole season but he, like you said he never wanted to leave NBC to begin with so he gets right. essentially demoted he's got to deal with the right. crap games with Thursday Night Football then even when you come back you're still not he's Al Michaels and he's not on the number one team and he's with the new broadcaster so right. oh, not right. a new broadcaster, but a new partner for that particular game so I think and all I, those factors played a role and on Sunday Night Football he, he would get 20 million viewers and on Amazon they struggle to get 10 on a good week now, and I wrote all that in my column, I think, on Monday, and, and someone sent me a tweet, and they, they're right. They said, you know, if, if that's the case, you know, Al's doing the game. He's got to suck it up. He's got to give you a great performance. And I see, I don't think Al is as, was as bad as everyone thought. I thought Al, there was a lack of energy during the comeback. But right. Al Michaels is not a screamer, never has been. If you're expecting screaming and yelling, he's not going to do that. 
And then on the on the game winning field goal for the Jaguars, what hurt Al right. was he was focused on the flag instead of saying it was good. Now, also I don't you know was Al hurt by the fact that Tony Dungy was in a coma for the whole game and basically you know yeah didn't have I'm any sure emotion? he was because if you're right. working with somebody with zero energy that might make you flat too or at least right. now it shouldn't but I could understand how that might bring him down a little bit. I'm not giving, trying to give Al a pass, but the guy's one of the greatest right. broadcasters of all time. And now we're going to drag him right. for a playoff. Like, give me a break. People are NBC's in a really tough spot because they get two playoff games and they only have one broadcast crew for the season. It's not like CBS and Fox where they have six crews each. They have one crew. It's Tariqo and Condor. So their, their, their problem was not Al. Their problem was Tony Dungeon. Well, and here's the thing. And then last year they had the problem because it was Drew Brees who was Didn't awful. Know the rules. Yeah. And now... Tony Dungy comes in there and sounded like, you know, he had no interest in the game. And they, I mean, they took a beating. They took a beating, you know. What did Romo do wrong? Like, I I watched that game. I didn't get, he's being Romo. People, the criticism, well, I, I, I do think, I do think it's a, the Romo thing is a lot of let's build you up and then tear you down. I think there's a lot of that going on. But well, you knock built him up. Are you going to tear him down? Well, I don't think he's as bad as everyone else. I don't. What people are annoyed with, people are annoyed that he doesn't talk in complete sentences and makes a lot of sounds. And I listen, Tony was hurt by the fact that CBS told him to stop predicting the plays. That was like Tony's bread and butter. That was Tony's strength. And it's, and everyone told him to stop predicting the plays for some reason that I don't understand. So. I do you know, understand that, by the way. I get why you are saying. It, it hurts him as a broadcaster, but as a viewer, me personally, I don't want to know what's happening. I don't want like it's great that he can tell that. I don't want to have him break down every. But oh, look out! They're going to X receiver here. Like I don't want to know that. I want to see it develop. Before oh, see, I, I like to. Yeah, see, I'm my, I'm the opposite. I want to know that. Um, I do think Tony. The one criticism I would have with Tony is he does step on Nance a little bit too much. You know, the week before. When the Bills played the Patriots and they ran back the opening kickoff for a touchdown the week after the DeMar Hamlin injury, you know, Nance had the call and then Tony was screaming and yelling and, you know, that's probably a place where he should be laying out. He, Tony doesn't lay out. And Tony should lay out a little bit. Right. Tony, and, you know, Tony gets excited and I like that. And, I, you know, I don't know how you tell a guy to be less excited. I do think he, he probably repeats things. Like, he, you know, he says... This is the game. This is the season. This is the season's on the line. This is for the season. You know, you only need to say it once. But I, 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 I don't. <coughs> excuse me. I don't think Tony has regressed as much as everyone else thinks. Right. Um, yeah. I don't. I, and I, he, to me, he's the same. I never loved right. him as much as you or the people that right. loved him. And I don't think he's as bad as people are ripping him. I think he's the same guy. To and me. I'll say this. Right. And you summed it up perfectly right there. Like. I think Tony's a guy, either you like him or you don't like him. I don't think there's an in-between. And he does a different style of broadcast than any other analyst. Now, I personally think Buck and Aikman are by far the best booth. Um, you feel it, too, watching them. You just yeah. feel it. I haven't but given a crap about Monday Night Football in years. Obviously, playoff is different. But when they do a game, it feels special. Right. The way that Al might his voice makes it feel special to me. But Troy Aikman is a totally different analyst than Tony Romo. You have to like Romo's. I like that Romo's excited. I like that he comes off as a fan. But yeah, you want, you know, I would have liked Romo to get into why on earth the Dolphins couldn't get the play 
you know, into the huddle and why they were getting delay of games every five minutes and burning timeouts like right. crazy because they got like, I, give me some analysis on that, on what's going on, right. you know? Um, and I thought Burkhart and Olsen were tremendous on the Giants Vikings game. Olsen Agreed. has really improved. I think that they also are starting to, if not already have that, that big game feel. Yes. Not, you know, obviously not to the level of Buck and Aikman, but I feel it with Burkhardt and Olsen. I agree. Olsen's gotten much, much better as the season has gone on. And people have to remember for Olsen, this is only his second year doing this. Right. Last year, he was on the two crew, the B crew with Burkhardt. That was his first full season. This is his second full season. And you know what I like about Olsen? Very concise, very straightforward, gets in and out, tells you what's going, doesn't, you know, go on and on and on and on. So, and he's got, um, and he's got personality to go along with it. Not as goofy as Romo, but he's got the personality there too, where you could have some fun as well. My only, see, I'd like to see a little more personality from Olsen. A little more. I think he takes it very seriously, and I get it. Yeah, I think he's got it in there, though. I I agree. Glimpses of it. Yeah. So I I think he's got it in there that maybe that'll come out eventually. But, and I think if it does, he could be better than Romo. I agree. Um, The first game of the weekend was Joe Davis and Moose Johnston, and, I don't know. Joe Davis yells a little too much for my liking. And, you know, Harlan yells and I like it because Johnson yells and I like it. But for some reason with Joe Davis, it doesn't feel like the constant yelling doesn't feel natural. So for some reason it irritates me, but you know, he's, he's fine. He's, he's a good play by play guy. I don't, they didn't, you know, ruin the game like other, like, you know, Tony. I had no issue Dungeon. with it. Yeah, see that, that, I think that's where I'm at. There are certain announcers that make the game feel like a big game. And there are announcers that just do a solid job that you don't really notice. And then there are some that annoy you to the point where you don't right. want, like, I have to actually watch it on mute <laughs> or it aggravates me. Yeah. Joe Davis kind of was <clears throat> in between for me. I have no issue with him. I think he's solid. Moose Johnson, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're still using him in this spot. He's as cookie cutter as it gets. I do, the Al thing is really fascinating for me because, like I said, Al never has been and never will be a screamer and a yeller, but you needed a little more excitement in that fourth quarter. You know, I don't know. The game's in Jacksonville. It's not a big-time stadium. You know, it's what not like Lambeau. I don't know. I, I didn't see it. I know because it was in the New York Post Plus section, I guess, the Sports Plus. He, he did an interview, I believe, with Marshan, yeah. your guy. Did you read that? Do you know what he I, said, Al? I don't subscribe to New York Post New York Post Sports Plus. Do you? Because I'm fascinated by this. I don't, but that's. I, but there are sometimes there are articles that I want to read. I probably should just look it up and subscribe to it. It's probably worth it. But he, you, I mean, Al did. Uh, Martian, at least I saw the headline that said Michael's response to the. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> online criticism. I thought Al, maybe you would get him on eventually too. I mean, you know, Al Al truck did Al truck the criticism up to just you know angry people online. <laughs> And I, listen, I get where he's like, listen, he didn't make mistakes. He wasn't like fumbling the calls. He just didn't have an excitement level that people I wanted. I think the, the penalty flag, getting caught up in that at the end was a mistake. Because had to he me, not done that, it would have been a fine final call. Right. I think that would have been fine. As I said on Twitter, and I wrote this in my column, what offended me more than anything Saturday night, besides Tony Dungy just being awful, was when the Jaguars had a blatant false start penalty, which caused the whole Joey Bosa thing. They didn't call it. And Terry McCauley is the rules analyst for NBC, gets oh. on there and says there wasn't a false start. Do you? What's the point of the rule? The rule analyst should only come on to explain a rule, to say, here's this is the rule. They don't need to come on 
to tell me what I just saw and then lie to protect the ref. I saw that and it was were, a false start. You don't need to come on and tell me it was or wasn't. And then you come on and you say it wasn't when it was. What do you? What's the point of the rules analyst? Yeah, showing his true ref colors. They're at, they're all making these refs or whatever now more part of the podcast. Where it should be less. You're right. You they used to use them the way Fox used Pereira initially was the best way to use it. Now they're all over. It's too much. Every time there's any like semblance of a little bit of a question, we got to go right to Gene Steratore and Terry McCauley and see what these guys have to say. I really thought that awful roughing the passer on the last Vikings drive was going to come back to to be a factor, but it turned out that it wasn't. Thank and, God. and by the way, people were saying like that's the worst one ever. It was not even close to the worst one. I agree with that. I agree. It was ba- it, it was bad, bad but. Right. All right. It was bad, but he, I mean, I've seen, I've seen at least five worse this year, way worse this year. Yeah. Um, and then this, so this week NBC only has one game. So you're going to get Tariqo and Collinsworth. By the uh, way, I think Tariqo is great. He's I very wasn't good. Sure, I wasn't sure how I'd feel about losing out, but Tariqo <laughs> is, he's, I think he's fantastic. His call of Sam Hubbard's 98 yard fumble return touchdown was tremendous. Added so much to it as as Hubbard was running for dear right. life. It was a great call by <laughs> Tariqo. Um, all right. Yeah, and then that, so Fox is sending, um, which is I think is going to be interesting. They're sending Burkhart and Olsen, which I knew they would do, to Cowboys Niners because it's the Cowboys, so they're going to get the eight. Right. And it looks like, <laughs> excuse me, the uh, Joe Davis and Johnston are going to get Giants Eagles. I'm going to be curious what? to see the. I'm going to be curious to see the fan reaction for that. Oh, I'm down on that already. Right, so it's, it. two, so it's two Fox games, one CBS and one NBC? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I I that's love it. the fact that the game hasn't... <coughs> yeah, why am I coughing? I'm sorry to all the podcast listeners. I love the fact that the game hasn't even been played yet, and you're already knocking it. Because that, that to me, you know, Giants-Eagles, the biggest game for me on the board, being here in New York, I, I want the best crew. I want I want Burkhardt on that game. Yeah, but I get why they're not doing about, it, but... It's all about Dallas. Joe Davis and Moose Johnson? Oh, I mean, that's that's a... That crew is a barely watch on a four screen on a Sunday at one o'clock. Well, you're talking you're about Saturday them? night primetime Giants-Eagles? I'll be very curious with the Giants and Eagles fans. I need, think of I need Iron. Give me Iron Eagle. I wish CBS right. had two games this weekend. Right. They'll have it next year. So I think. Yeah. I think. Um, all right. Let's move on here. Who are you a bigger fan of? Beyonce or Rihanna? Rihanna. Did now, you see we, what? Are ahead. we talking music or what are we? Music. Old, not, total, right total away, you go to. Not who, not who you'd like to cheat on your wife with. Who you? <laughs> music, music, music. Rihanna. I've always been a bigger. I like Beyonce, <laughs> but I've always been a bigger Rihanna. Did you see what happened to poor Stephen A. Smith? No. What happened? Okay, so Stephen A. Smith, he's out promoting a book, and he does an interview, and he must have been asked about this year's halftime show, which is Rihanna. And Stephen A. Smith made the comment that he likes Rihanna. He's a Rihanna fan, but there's nobody like Beyonce. Beyonce is on another Uh level. And apparently, so you know how like Beyonce has the beehive? I guess Rihanna, she has her version of that. And Uh they, this Steven, the Rihanna fans went after Stephen A so hard that he had to do one of those like, you know, gun to your head 
crime scene apologies, apologies from a from a SUV while he's being driven around doing book inter- book tour interviews. He's in the back of an SUV, looks like a, a hostage video, and he's apologizing to Rihanna and the Rihanna fans. So wow. I just hope you don't get in trouble because you just no. came out. Now no, I, I got news. I love them both. I just like Rihanna's music a little bit better. That's it. I actually like Rihanna's music better too. So we're all we could I mean, we could both be in big trouble. She's got, I mean, bigger records. No, I mean, Destiny's Child, I, different story, I guess. But Rihanna's solo, way bigger, I think. Listen, I don't want to turn this into like a serious discussion, but it is amazing that we are now at a point here in 2023 where you're not allowed to say that you like one artist more than another artist. No, you you like, can't disagree with popular opinion in any like, really. It pisses me off that he apologized. He should have said, here's the deal. I love Rihanna. I think she's going to do great at halftime. I'm more of a Beyonce fan. Right. And, and, and the hostage video there. But he has to apologize. You're not allowed to like one singer more than the other. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. He did not, uh, now, it would have been one thing if he said, oh, I think Beyonce's shit and I don't like her music and right. she's dead. He didn't say that. I mean, about Rihanna. I mean, if he would have said, like, I don't like Rihanna and Rihanna's terrible right. and all that. He didn't Why say any of that. apologize? Why the hell would he even apologize? Because for that? because right. the Rihanna fan because you know how like they have you know the Taylor Swift fans and the Beyonce they're like mm-hmm. lunatics and they go crazy. I guess Rihanna right. has her group too. So what? Let them tweet it away. Is there, sal- is there a salicata hive? Like when you? Yeah, yeah, right. No, they all hate me. <laughs> <laughs> no one's out there defending I, you, I your takes. Some, I need some support. I'm getting all the negativity. Who's apologizing to me? I want to see. I want to have somebody yeah. get my back. I mean, it's absurd. Uh, that you can't even you can't even l- say you like one singer more than another. This is where we are in the world. Pathetic. Right. Last thing, we're taping this on Wednesday, January eighteenth, and today is the sixty ninth birthday of I think the th- for me the three greatest heels in the WWE in the WWF history when we were growing up in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You were a Hogan guy, yeah, who was the most boring guy ever. And I rooted for the heels. And the three heels who were the best in the 80s were Piper, Ravishing Rick Rude, and Ted DiBiase. Today is the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase's birthday. Now, you as the Hulk Hogan fan, did you, of those three heels, did you hate, as a kid, when you thought it was real, did you hate one of them more than the others? Um, Probably DiBiase was the one. Piper... I've I've obviously learned it since, but when Piper was a heel, I was a little too young because I came in about WrestleMania three, let's say, where Piper was on his way out. He comes back as a good guy, and then in WrestleMania five or whatever it was. Right. So I don't look at Piper. I mean, I like I said, I know the history now, but I never, as a kid, looked at him as a bad guy. DiBiase was front and center heel. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, if I hated the- him or the Honky Tonk Man more, maybe. He was um, a good heel. He was a good heel. Yeah, he was great, man. too. That's a good call. Uh, good call. Even Savage, when he was bad and they broke up, I don't know. There were there were a bunch. I I always, though, was entertained by DBS. I may not have liked him, but he's, he's entertaining. That's my point. The heels were entertaining. Hogan was not. Ravishing Rick Rude getting in the ring. What I'd like right now oh, is for all you yeah. fat, ugly, <laughs> sweaty New York low lives to shut up while I take amazing. And then, I mean, it doesn't play well today, obviously, but 
you could make the argument the greatest skit in the history of the WWF slash WWE was DiBiase when he brought out the little kid and said, I'll give you this money if you bounce the basketball 10 times. And yeah. the, the kid ba- bounces it nine times on the 10th. DiBiase kicks it, says, oh, I too bad. It. See, I remember those. I know I've watched them since. Mm-hmm. I think I read his, his book that came out years ago too, DiBiase. But I remember those as a kid live. Those stuck with me. Those vignettes stuck with me. So obviously he did something right to have that type of impact. He was great. There's a huge part of me, and I'm being dead serious with this, that wishes the WWE would say, okay, everyone knows it's scripted. We've come out, you know, and it's the reality or all this. We're going to go back to the early 80s and have these crazy characters and pretend everything is real again because that's when it was fun. That's when it was fun. I agree, but are we just being nostalgic? Like the kids growing up now love it for what it is? When was the last time you watched Monday Night Raw? I couldn't even tell you. Right. Years. But if you had a, if you had the million dollar man there kicking the basketball on the count of ten, you'd be you'd at least go try watching. to find the clip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh you have one best bet for the weekend? Um No, not at this point. I do not. I haven't really given it a ton of thought. I mean, initially I'm thinking Chiefs, but because I, I have a tough time with the other games. I haven't decided yet where I'm gonna go with the Bengals and Bills. Um, Cowboys and Niners have been my two teams all year long in the NFC. I hate that they're going head-to-head in this one. I'm torn with that. I'm staying away from picking against the Giants. I have no idea. So probably right now it would be Kansas City, but I haven't really given it a ton of thought. Do you have one? I'm going to bet the three underdogs and the Niners. I just think the Chiefs never cover. So And then you're getting eight and a half there. Uh, you're getting seven and a half with the Giants, who are very hot right now. So I like getting that, especially get the hook there. And the Bengals getting five, which I think the Bengals are going to be super motivated after they got screwed by the right. NFL, where they're playing this game on the road. And I don't love the Cowboys. I think that's going to be a rough matchup for them. I think the Niners are the Niners' defense. I think will. Uh, yeah, I don't have to feel you. I'll tell you this: you, we've got three <laughs> of the best matchups you can possibly have the chief jaguars would be fourth in that the other three are i mean you can't ask for better matchups than that i agree should be good all right enjoy it hopefully no ipad you get them on the tv all four games this week no these will be all four games on the tv no doubt all right we'll talk to you next week all right all right all right my thanks to chris long and sal If you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media Podcast, go into the archives, give them a listen. Troy Aikman was on last week. He was excellent. Author and reporter Jim Miller two weeks ago. Peter Schrager, Andrew Perloff for a 2022 year-end spectacular three weeks ago. Brian Curtis from The Ringer did a year-end review of sports media with me uh, at the end of December as well. So if you missed any of those, go into the archives. Check them out. Subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. Very important. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And if you have a minute, leave a review on Apple. I will read it on an upcoming episode in the Train of Thoughts segment. All right. Enjoy the divisional playoff round here in the NFL. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and take care.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.